0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome inside the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise himself, Lloyd Spence. And now, your host, Lloyd Spence. Go get him, baby.
0: Well, March 12th, 2020 will go down in history as the day the entire sports world came to a screeching halt. Uh, I can't say that I've ever seen anything quite like that before March 12th, we may never see anything like that again, but it has happened, we are here, this is our new normal. And so we're here today to talk about it. Hello, you are listening to the brand-new podcast, The ACC. I'm your man and your host, Lloyd Spence. And joining me is my co-host today, Danny Coble, 20-year-plus veteran, certified athletic trainer in the Sunbelt Conference, the SEC, the NFL. He's done it all. And he's going to join me today as we discuss this crazy crazy circumstance we now find ourselves in it is sunday at four o'clock eastern time uh three o'clock where i am in texas and instead of sitting here getting ready for the announcement of march madness and watching the final tournament games we are sitting here still in complete shock that there will be no basketball in march danny what are your thoughts to all of that
1: well, first off, uh, appreciate you having me on, brother. Uh, and I, I kind of agree. It, it's uh, first time in history that there are no sports. Like I went to ESPN through the the guide on the cable, and it they didn't even know what they wanted to put on TV. Like there's there's nothing to do, nothing to do. I think I saw a 2000. What was it? 19 uh, ACC playoff game, yeah. and they were running. Like I mean, they're digging into crates. They're digging into crates just to keep stuff on the air. But, uh, yeah, brother, this is is, uh, definitely one for the history books, and it has affected um, everyone in some form or fashion, in some capacity. And, um, unfortunately, usually sports are used to kind of bring the country together during tough times. And right now, uh, sports is due to the tough times. And so this is uh, a unique position that, that we're in right now.
0: Do you, well, let me start at the end, and then we'll work our way back. But I feel like this was the right decision. Like, I, as more and more information comes out, as we start to understand more and more about what uh, COVID-19 really is, it sounds like it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, this is as, as difficult as the times are, the decision was the right decision. What's your thoughts?
1: Uh, You mean in the sense of uh, kind of canceling sports and 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 all of those things? Yeah. Okay. So was it the right thing? Uh, Absolutely. Um, And I'm trying to, you know, it's funny, I'm on my computer trying to find uh, a site that I went to. Maybe it's the World Health Organization. But, you know, the coronavirus, you know, really understanding what it is, you know, you hear a lot of misinformation, a lot of people talking about it's just another flu and, and those kind of things. And I don't, I don't want to quote because I can't find my source. But uh, you know, when they call it COVID, the way I understand it to be is that COVID is is reference to any kind of virus that has once been inside of an animal that was, you know, particular animals, mm-hmm. and then it carrier. A viable virus within a human. Okay. So if you look at it, this is a weird example. At the back of a Lysol can, it says kills coronavirus. Okay. Lysol's been around forever. Right. But give it a number because this is a different strain versus COVID 12 or COVID whatever. Okay. And so this version of this virus, we just don't know anything about. We don't know uh, how long it stays viable. We don't know uh, what its effect is. I mean, I think we're starting to hear, uh, you know, symptoms similar to the flu flu. But if you really look at the symptoms of the flu, they're the common symptoms of every virus, the common cold, the common flu. You know what I'm saying? So these symptoms are common across all viruses. So we shouldn't downplay the severity of it just because the symptoms are similar to those of the flu. Um, you know, and, and the second thing is we don't know, uh, once you get this, can you get it again? I don't know that they've reported any cases where a person had it recovered, it recovered from it and then has gotten it again. So there's just so many things, you know. There's so many things we just don't know yet, and so, for that reason, we have to be diligent and take precautions to protect those who are less a, who have compromised immune systems or those who have weak immune systems. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I think it's the right it's the right thing to do.
0: So I so let me let me take it back a little bit, uh, back to Wednesday. And Wednesday I was in preparation with uh, some of my journalist friends in the ACC because uh, that's the conference <laughs> that we cover. And uh, we were all right. talking, and I'm getting ready, and I'm saying, okay, well, we're going to have a show on Friday, and I'm going to have this uh, journalist on and that journalist, and hopefully I can get a uh, couple of coaches, interviews, and this, that, and the other. So we're really prepping and getting ready. And I take my break, and I'm, I'm, I'm shut down for the day, and I'm watching NBA and I'm watching. I think it was Denver and Dallas. And so, right yeah. around that time, yeah. So right around that time, that's when Scott Van Pelt on ESPN comes on and he starts talking about uh, Rudy, Rudy Gobert has this, and the Jazz players have been rushed back to their locker room, and the Thunder pl- or Thunder player been rushed back to their locker room, and everybody's being quarantined, and the whole thing is shifting quickly. And I'm going, well, that's the game changer. I mean, because that was that. Honestly, that was the thing that everybody was nervous and and scared of, and, and uh, said, "Okay, well, what happens if a player gets it, or what happens if a fan in in a, in a building gets it?" But we're kind of going on like, "Well, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens." But now that it's happened, to the NBA's credit, they shut the thing down pretty quick, and that was a, that was the yeah. right thing to do. But yeah. the next morning. You get up and you're going okay. Well, now everybody's got to follow suit, and and to their credit, the SEC jumped in and they shut theirs down quickly. I think it was the Big uh, Ten was next. The Big Ten, uh, the AAC shut theirs down, and I'm watching the ACC about about eleven o'clock, and Florida State runs out on the court, and the band starts playing. And I'm going. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? Are they not getting the same information? Like what's going on? But it was a crazy moment because you're going, guys. What are you doing? And I understood that the the, the, the they had already made the decision in the NCAA that fans wouldn't be in there. And and you could see, like you said, the uh, there were there were uh, family members and 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 that kind of thing that was in the building. But still. You're thinking this looks crazy because nobody knows what's happening or what could happen and what kind of risk even this is. And so, man, when they finally made the decision to shut it down, I think there was a sense of relief from everybody there because they're like, whew. But can we – but, Danny, I want to get you and I – because you and I have been covering sports a long time. I've been covering it from a media perspective for 10 years. You've been doing it 20-plus years in the locker rooms. Let's take – yeah. people who are listening to this podcast today behind the scenes and help them to understand the logistical nightmare that this could be yeah. had they kept going.
1: So let's, let's, let's break it down like a couple things. First off, I think I'm going to say this, and I don't want nobody hitting me up on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever and jumping on me. Um, I think, now let me go on record to say it was the right call. But I think even when you do the right thing, decisions, the way you carry those out can be wrong. And I think some of the way react so we just gonna do this. Okay. But behind the scenes, so, you know, when I-, I said a trainer, I have a director of sports medicine. So the director of sports medicine is in direct contact with the athletic directors, the athletic directors in direct contact with the NCAA and did the conference, you know, whatever. Um, and so first off, this is the first time in history. So we don't really know, you know, what these conversations were. Cause I've never been, I've never experienced this from a head perspective, but working now at a high school, I have some idea. Um, but behind the scenes, as the medical guy, my concern is my athletes, first and foremost, because that's who I'm charged with, right? So if, hypothetically, if I'm at one of these you know, ACC games, so we'll, we'll take Florida State. If I'm at Florida State and, and we kind of got this going on in the background, you know, I have probably been in meetings and on phone calls talking about this, discussing this. What are we going to do? What's the right thing to do? What should we do? What's our contingency plans? Um, you know, how can we get guys to kids? Okay, well, what do I need to do to prepare to get testing kits? What do I need to do in case we need to isolate? Like, what, what do we have to do? More than likely, these teams have the medical staff have probably talked to someone at a hotel and said, hey, I'm going to need one room for isolation, quarantine purposes only. And so I know with football, when we travel, if I knew I had one or two kids that were sick or may have had the flu, then I would try uh, to tell the ops people, hey, let's get one extra room just for medical. If we get a kid that comes down Thursday night, Friday, with the symptoms of flu or sick or whatever, we can isolate them and put them in a room and not expose the rest of the team. Okay, I take fourteen. Now you have an arena that's filled with what 30,000 people. You got a bigger case on your hand. All right, let's take about. Let's talk about the arena in and of itself. Twenty thousand. Fans, right? Seats are only, I think, 13, 14 inches apart or, you know, wide. So you have crammed in right. yeah. people, you know what I mean? So you have crammed people into this space. And now as fans, you know, nobody sits and watches a game quietly. They're up yelling, they're screaming, they're hyped, they're sweating, They're and they are just spreading germs like crazy on a regular day, okay? Right. Now, statistically, if the numbers are even halfway close to what they're saying, statistically two people in there may have been exposed to somebody with this. Now, being how this is a new virus, we don't know what this, what, you know, how it acts, how it spreads. These two people now could have affected 20,000. We don't know, right? These 20,000 people turn around and they take this home and now they've exposed their household. So the rate at which it could spread could be exponentially. We don't know. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the caution that's being taken. But behind the scenes, I kind
0: of – Let me jump in right there because I think that's a great point that you just made. And then here's the other side of that from a logistical point with the the athletes. They're not just going to come in, get off the bus, go to the locker room, a sterile locker room, and then – they go play the game and get back on the bus and go to a sterile hotel. That's not how this works. They're gonna. They're
1: yeah, gonna, none of this is sterile.
0: Yeah, none of the. First of all, none of this is sterile. Let's start with that. But then, then they get off the bus. They're high fiving people, just casual high fives with people, fans. They go to the hotel. Little yeah, kids yeah. run up and hug their legs, and they want autographs. Yeah, want, there's no way to isolate any of these people any of the staff, any of the coaches, any of the players, from people, from just people. They don't stay in a, in a private hotel on a on a in a place in the city that no one knows where it is. They stay in general population All right, so
1: let like me, everybody else. Let me let me put this out there into the universe as well. Even if I had someone that we suspected that had this virus at while we were at a hotel and I isolate them in a hotel room, right? Hotel filtration systems are not designed to kill these types of bacteria or or viruses.
0: Great point.
1: So understand this. We're circulating this air throughout the hotels, the rooms, the, you know, the entire building. Again, so we don't know the rate of transmission. We don't know how far this will carry in air before it dies. If it does, is it two hours, two weeks, two months? We don't know if they do know. I haven't heard them publicly. know, but my point is that is that even if I try to isolate a person until, you know, state health officials can get to
0: them,
1: still not true isolation. We still haven't mitigated the exposure
0: or risk of further exposure to other people. Because right now the, the, the quarantine number that we keep hearing is 14 days. And so they're saying if you shut them down for 14 days, that should kill the virus. Well, okay, Th- that's basically.
1: Mean, no, no, do you understand you know, no, no. that? Do you understand, understand, that? But do you understand that? Huh? No, but do you understand why? Do you understand why they're saying 14 days? Explain because that. I don't think, and from, from what I understand, I don't think, I think it's because the virus died in 14 days. I think it's because for some of the people, for a majority of the people, it has taken 14 days before from exposure to symptoms show up. Mm. You see that you understand that. So if we kind of quarantine people, if we did like right now, nationally, let's just be honest, nationally, we are sitting on a um, kind of like a forced voluntary quarantine. Mm. Every school in this state, in Louisville and in Kentucky, every high school, middle school, elementary school, are off for two to three weeks, okay? And that's because in this time, anyone that has been exposed should show up with symptoms and then we can get them tested, isolated, and potentially treated You understand? and minimize the spread of that.
0: So the truth of the matter is we're, we're kind of, and this is, sounds terrible, but it's the truth, we're kind of hoping that something will kind of come out in 14 days so we can deal with it. But we're really looking at a longer timetable to try to kind of, as, as President Obama has been saying, uh, uh, flatten the curve of, of what's taking place with the spread of the virus.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay, so here's what happened. So you know about the country of Italy, right? Have you, you you've been up on Italy, Italy? Absolutely. Okay. Italy is one of those countries that basically, for the people that don't know, they basically were like, yeah. Yeah, it's just the flu, it's just the flu. The medical community was like, it's just the flu, it's just the flu. And they treated it like the flu. go home, take this Tylenol, and let it run its course. In the meantime, and spreading, and spreading. But understand this about Italy as well. Italy has one of the oldest and longest living populations in the world. Their people live longer than anyone else, therefore they have more people statistically that are elderly, with weakened immune systems. So the rate of which it spreads took off, forcing really the whole country to now be shut down. Okay? So from an American standpoint, if what they say is true, we don't have enough testing kits. Uh, I know personally the hospital I work for internally, you know, we rumors are that people were stealing surgical equipment, surgical masks, surgical grounds to take home to keep just in case. So now there's a fear of we can't even perform surgeries on healthy people because we're running low on equipment, let alone people exposed to this virus. Right. Um, but so if yes, we're kind of, we're not hoping that something happening is that if we keep people in groups, your common household, four to five, six or seven, eight, nine people, you know, then if something happens, we can track down those nine or 10 people. But if we allow a school to play a basketball game two and a half hours away, you know, for oh, instance, my high school team, we're getting ready. We were going to play in, in, on Saturday. If we would let our team go and there's, you know, a couple thousand, three, 4,000 people in the stands along with another team, somebody gets exposed to that. You now have four or 5,000 people you have to track down. You see? So it's, it's, They say we're controlling the spread of the virus, but we're also making it easier to track down those who have it.
0: Yeah. And I can't say – let me say this. I I don't want us to come across like we're bashing, and I'm certainly not bashing the decision-making process of any of the uh, the, 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 uh, leagues, I'm certainly not bashing even the NCAA. This might be the one time you'll ever hear me not bash the NCAA. (laughs) Well, because they just don't know enough, and everybody's working with very sketchy information. So I can't be mad at how long it took, but I guess the thing that concerned me was the precedence. Well, like you worked in the NFL, so you know this very well. Professional athletes – travel in probably the most secure uh, traveling circumstances than anyone than any other athlete on the earth so they're in private planes they're you know they're taking the back entrance into the hotel they're I mean they're doing everything they can to to not expose themselves per se to different things and already three four guys in the NBA have it and probably more are going to have it because we heard that uh, okay. Christian Here's, Wood, the so, young man uh, yeah. for the Detroit Pistons, came out today. He said that he has it. Now, he, obviously he's been quarantined since then, but the games that were played in the midst of that, the fans that were exposed, the family that was exposed, the people at his local Costco that were exposed, I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to contain is what I'm saying.
1: And that, and, that is, and that is exactly why you have these, these kind of pseudo-quarantines across the country, um, you know, from, from different people and friends that I have. You know, their companies are kind of like, hey, uh, your, your job can be done from home, so don't come back to work. Like, only people who, who are essential that have to be in this building will be in this building from now on. You understand what I'm saying? So these are pseudo-quarantines. Not quite a, a full all-out quarantines, but these are pseudo-quarantines. And so go home, do your work from home. You know, I have a bunch of, you know, administrative work that I'm going to do from home for the next, I guess, three weeks, which is going to drive me crazy. Um, but I, I want to I wanna go back to your your comment about the professional athletes that travel in, in the most secure and this and this, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. We get, you know, we we have police escorts. You know, we have you know, entire floors that are locked down with security and this and this and this, but remember products that they use are still used by the public. The buses we take from the hotel are still public buses and you've been on planes. I've been on planes, a lot of planes. These, these planes are not cleaned between flight. The trash planes aren't cleaned and, and sanitized. Now, since this virus has come, they are fogging after every trip, handles, seats, overhead compartments, latches, but you know what I mean? Like they're vigilant in cleaning these planes after every use, but that takes time. That takes extra money. Um, and if nobody's buying flights, Oh, you got a flight with, you know, I think I heard they're running both flights to keep the routes alive or something. I don't even know what that means. Um, but you're burning fuel and paying pilots that you have nobody in the seats. Right. right. That also, that also speaks to like, you know, um, these games with no fans. Okay. So it costs money to open these arenas. You know what I mean? People still got to come and work the, uh, facilities, the, the electrical, the water, the plumbing, The you know, you still have to have those people on site. Even if it's just two teams playing in an empty arena, somebody still has to be there. Right. That costs money. And if you ain't putting people in the stands to offset that, you're operating at an even bigger loss. You know, this ain't from, this not from a health standpoint. This is just from a business standpoint. This is just a business mind at this point, right? Uh, You can't air it on TV because now you're losing TV money. You know what I mean? So everybody is losing money from a business standpoint. That's why I said this was a time of a need. Everybody was like, boom, well, they did it. Then we should do it. Then they do it. We should do it. We should do it. We should do it. We should do it. Nobody came out and said, Hey, we have all of this evidence that playing these games is bad. Therefore we're going to make this call now behind the doors. If on the phones, they did maybe, but I'm sure someone that was limited because again, our information has been very limited as far as what we've gotten that we can actually say is believable. Um,
0: well, I I heard an opportunity had an opportunity to hear uh, a couple of interviews over the last few days. And by the way, you're listening to the ACC with Lloyd Spence and Danny Koble. Uh, we 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 had hoped at this time to be uh, talking about the selection of ACC teams to the March Madness tournament, but that is not going to happen. <laughs> and uh, we're just having a lively discussion about where we are today. And uh, I appreciate Danny joining me today uh, here on this podcast, but. Going back to what you just said, Danny, I, you know, I felt like the business side of this is really what delayed everything. Because from oh, yeah. a health oh. perspective, this is easy. You don't expose people to the opportunity to be sick. That's easy to understand. But, but the NCAA, if I was going to fault them for anything, I was going to say, okay, why are we still trying to figure out ways to, to to make money off of this and I get it. I understand what you're trying to do but the way that you're still trying to make money is still putting people at a tremendous risk because like you said, if, if you have this in a so called empty arena and what we were being told on Wednesday so let me take you behind the scenes on the journalistic side. What we were being told okay. on Wednesday is that there would only be so-called essential personnel, uh, staff, and coaches, uh, family, which totally blew my mind that they were saying family would be allowed to be in this building, and uh, the teams themselves. So even if you did that, you're still talking about two to three to 400 people. I mean, that's a lot of people. Right. So, and
1: so here's what's funny, because you, you say that. And so that was Wednesday. That was behind-the-scenes Wednesday that, you know, you guys was hearing. Now, my team is getting ready to play for a regional championship for the state of Indiana, high school ball, right?
0: Okay.
1: Friday, they were talking about that same type policy. Well, we're just going to give you X number of tickets for a game, and then, you know, the players, each player gets two to three tickets for their families and blah, blah, blah. So we would have anywhere between 75 to 100 people at this arena. And this is Friday when you guys was getting this information. We later backtracked and said, "No, forget that. We're just canceling everything." So it makes you wonder if, if this really is the same policy that the, NC, the ACC and everyone was doing. Then why are we doing it on a high school level, only to have to backtrack and then cancel?
0: Yeah, it it, it was that you know? part was really blowing my mind. And I'll even share this with you, Danny. They ended up for those who saw it or didn't see it they ended up awarding Florida State as the champions of the ACC regular season and postseason. Really? And they did – right, right. (laughs) Because they won the regular season legitimately. So they gave the award to Florida State before they dismissed everybody out of the building. But can I tell you, visually, they looked crazy because they had the whole team down there on the floor – And all of the coaches and all of the reporters and everybody was down there scrummed all together. And let me tell you something. The way an interview works, for those of you who have seen it or not seen it or don't understand, when we interview a player, a coach, or whatever, we all get into, like, one of those little rugby scrums, and everybody puts their microphone or their recorder or their phone out there to record what he's saying, and we're all – not even in we're inches away from each other, breathing on each other, taking over each other.
1: Y'all are kissing. Y'all are kissing cousins, right?
0: We're kissing cousins at that point. So if anybody in that little scrum had the coronavirus at that point, they've just spread it around to that entire group.
1: Exactly. 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 So I, it and was so, such a
0: weird look. It really was. It's such a weird day. So, but
1: here's here's you know, we talk about, you know, like you're saying, you you know, kind of your timeline, you're saying Wednesday, right? But really, when this thing really started coming to light, I think just from a person who's kind of, you know, I'm medically trained, so that's my background. Um, But then I also work in the public sector, kind of on the ground level. I work at a high school, so I work on the ground level with parents and kids and just everyday people, right? I'm not in the, the the NCAA privilege trenches anymore, the NFL's trenches anymore. I'm not in those circles. But when the information started coming out, we got a lot of bad misinformation. You know, we That's were told true. that well, That's it's true. not it's not that bad, and you know, not you know people aren't that many people really aren't getting sick, and and so I think people heard that initially, and so they started to downplay this. Oh, it's just another version of the flu. You'll be fine. you got this, this, and this. And then, was it Seattle was first, first state that gets the person? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, someone here, then all of a sudden it was New York. And then you look up Monday or Tuesday, you know, it was a little town in New York that was in full isolation, full quarantine, and the National Guard was bringing food and water to houses. The National Guard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's almost like we got caught with our pants down because we underestimated the severity of
0: this. I think, I think it not. explains
1: though why I think it explains why come Wednesday, Thursday, everyone was like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down yeah. because we got so much misinformation early on. And then all of a sudden you call with your pants down and it's like, now it becomes a legal issue, right? So oh, absolutely. this is what I explained, I explained to my coaches. I said, if we have a case of a Humana employee in Louisville, Kentucky, which is from my high school, diagnosed with it, then that means it's here in the area. And so if we go ahead and play a game, and knowing, and knowing that other school districts have started shutting down, the NCAA and the NBA have canceled seasons for, or suspended seasons, and we continue to play, and someone gets sick, we now become, we're acting in a negligent fashion. No, no, in the community as, at this Absolutely. time. So Absolutely. so there's, I, I think, legal mind stepped in and said, man, I don't care, y'all, y'all can't do it. You lose money on the front end, or you're going to lose even more money on the back end. And Absolutely. somebody was, was brave enough to stand up and, and i think that's what started the knee jerk the cascade whatever you want to call it that's what started the closing of, of everything that, that you know to, or what led us to where we are today
0: and i and i have my own thoughts on who should have been the person to take the lead on that this is not a political show so i won't go not that. at all yeah yeah <laughs> but i do have my thoughts on that as well but i but to your yeah. point i think it's an, a great one that's why i brought up rudy gobert you know, days before he was touching the microphones, and they said he was running around touching guys in the locker room. Well, I understand that because the information that he was given was that this is not at worst; this is a strand of flu, and it's and you'll get over it right. in a couple of days, and it's no big deal. And when it's being presented by uh, presented in that manner. You're right. People aren't gonna take it seriously. I, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know how serious I took it. I, I kept an ear to it well, but I'm going, Wow, this thing is growing really fast and people are getting sick every day and what the heck is this? So you gotta well, keep an ear and to so,
1: it. But here's but, here's here's how and I and I'll and I'll be honest. I mean look, we've been knowing each other. I've been doing this twenty three years. We've been knowing each other, What, E plus I
0: don't
1: know. Plus, yeah. So I am gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. So when I heard it out it, you know, SARS, swan flu, those kind of things. Okay. It, it's out here, it's coming, it's whatever. But one, I'm a healthy guy, so I do pretty well fighting off most viruses. Two, being in the health field, I wash my hands 30, 40, 50 times a day. And I, you know, I clean my, my training room, you know, multiple times a day. I wipe it down after my athletes come out, if they're sweaty or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I take a lot of precautions. Every day anyway, so I didn't give much credence to it because of the way that I personally practice, say, um, hygiene methods when dealing with public, right, and and private, too. I take showers and stuff every day, whatever. Um, So I didn't, I just didn't, I'm not saying I didn't get a lot of weight. I just didn't tune in. I wasn't watching the news. I wasn't on my Twitter feed paying attention to it like that. And then I think maybe it was a Sunday evening or something, I was watching news, and I started hearing about how it was spreading and was like okay this is picking up steam now mind you it still hasn't killed as many people as the flu but this is picking up steam and our media is jumping on it so i started being more diligent in talking to my young kids about what they need to do from a hygiene standpoint wash your hands cough into your sleeve or your elbow uh you know Stop handshaking. Stop hugging. Stop sharing phones and drinking after each other. Which are things they should stop doing anyway. You know what I mean? But now they're listening because they're scared of this, you know, coronavirus. So um, I think one of the things that I do know is that the CDC wrote a a, a book. I mean, that's the normal way to describe it. I think it's like four or five hundred pages on how to communicate things like this. If an event like this happens, how we want to communicate it to the public without stirring up fear and mass panic. Right. right. That book was not followed for this. Right. That, I and totally that's that we, that we have, um, is the information necessary? Yes. We need to know it the way in which it was given cause some people to downplay it cause some people to become hysteric about it. And quite honestly, some people are taking political sides on the way they deliver the information, right? This virus, whether you're Democrat, Republican or independent, anyone and everyone, it doesn't ask you what your political party is. And so our approach to taking care of it and treating it should be the same regardless.
0: You know, Danny, you're absolutely right. And, 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 one of the things that we have to look at going forward um, is the way we 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 we're going to to how aggressive we're going to get back to sports. I I let me just say this: the one thing that broke my heart more than anything else uh, with the uh, tournament is knowing that for so many seniors. Uh, this was their last ride they would not have the opportunity to finish their careers uh on the court or on the field because we because let me say this and i think you'll appreciate this danny uh in the capacity that you serve this is not just a basketball thing this is a sports thing because all winter sports all 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 spring sports all spring spring sports sports yeah so, so and then some of, the summer, some of the summer some of some of the summer
1: events have started pushing and looking for fall dates.
0: Right, because because this thing is we don't know when this is going to be curtailed. We exactly. don't know when this this you know as they, as I like to keep saying President Obama's phrase when the curve is going to be flattened. We have no idea, so we're all flying blind here. So yeah, we're taking the next two weeks off here in Texas, three weeks off in some districts. Sure, we don't know if that's gonna get us back to the school, we don't know anything. So we're we're, we're, we're all yep. trying to figure this out and, and keep each other safe and alive, you know. Because here's the other thing. This is the one thing I tried to explain to a mother that I, t- I mentioned earlier that brought this up to me and said well couldn't they just play? And I said no because you can't apologize for killing somebody's kid. You can't apologize for killing some fan just because you wanted to play a game and have fans cheer. And you couldn't yeah, us see
1: it. Let's be honest. I mean, like, I was at Western Kentucky, and we had we had a bye week, and I don't know what happened, where the, the guys were, but we ended up with, like, six guys that came down with the flu on the team. Like, Sunday night, I got a phone call. Man, I'm not feeling good. Monday morning, guy comes in. Man, I'm not feeling good. Monday afternoon, uh, more guys come in. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, So at that point, you know, I go say, hey, Coach, man, this is what we got going on. And so Coach is like, all right, everybody, come in, talk to the training staff, figure out what's going on, make sure we know who is and who's not, okay? We identified who was, who wasn't. We sent everyone home, and we canceled everything for the next three days so that we could clean the weight room, the athletic training room, and the locker room, and the equipment room. And, I mean, we cleaned it. You understand But that's for a team of like 100 guys, okay? So we're talking about something that is spreading at a rate that is affecting a lot of people, okay? Now, why can't we just play from a psychological standpoint that parent is being selfish because they want their needs met. They want to go and enjoy and see and scream and yell for whoever is playing whatever sport and that's selfish because they're not thinking about the public at large. Um, who was it? American airlines. Uh, just the other day I read the news, they had a flight, you know, three hour flight or whatever. The plane lands as a passenger was getting off the plane. He looks at the pilot. It's like, Oh, I was diagnosed with Mm COVID-19 like that's selfish. You knew you were and you got on the plane with X number of people, a pilot, and employees and stewardess and an airport, you know what I'm saying. So, should you hope that guy you know, liable for some kind of damages? Would you well, I as a person?
0: That's the next thing, Danny. Because I, they, I, I think, at this well, point, well,
1: I'm sure, I'm sure it will. But that's what I'm saying. How how do you have to approach canceling of these events because yeah. if if I know or suspect that I might be or could have been exposed to it, and I want to go see my nephew play, and there's two thousand people in here. And I go. That's, that's selfish. Yeah, that's selfish.
0: you see what Absolutely.
1: I'm saying. And so wanting wanting to play or wanting wanting an activity or event to go on, despite what's going on in, in the community, to satisfy your needs is selfish. Now hey, you're right. I have five. I have right. I have five. Look, I have five seniors that don't get to compete for a state title, and yeah. it sucks. And and I hate it for them. But again. Sports is supposed to prepare you for life. And things happen in life we have no control over, and we have to adapt, we have to make our adjustments, and we have to keep moving on. And let, this let is now this time to teach these kids.
0: Let me ask you this question. I, I know this doesn't, this won't apply, for obviously, for a high school, but for the ACC, I've heard a lot okay. of coaches mention that they would be on board with giving uh, the extra year to the seniors to come back and to uh, participate one more year in collegiate yeah, yeah. and sports. Are you on board with that? Yeah. You know, and I, I've
1: heard that, um, and I don't know that it's just the ACC. I think, you know, I think that's a, con- a conversation within the NCAA. A it's about, yeah, and, you know, uh, you know um, this, this thing called eligibility. You know, you got five to play for. Um Here's my thing. Honestly, I don't really care. But I think again, I go back to the whole selfish thing, right? You want, and I don't know. Now let's let's go on the record to say this. I don't know if she has said anything about this or not. I just know her team was having a great season. Don Staley. We'll use her her team as an example, right? I don't know how many seniors she's got. I'll be, I just I haven't done my research, so I don't know. But if she said, I want, I'm in favor of this because these girls deserve this to play or whatever. Like, that's, that's selfish on her part because this moment that they're in, this wave that they're riding, and all of those girls that are there, they want to continue and see what could be, right? So let's bring all of these girls back. Let's give them another year of eligibility. But what about the kid that's graduating as a senior and has a scholarship? but since these girls are now staying we're out of scholarships so we don't have a scholarship to now give your high school senior what happens to that kid okay right. one, that's one that's one point two I've been in sports long enough to know that this is just that moment you can't reproduce this moment with all the factors that are the players the coaches the this the that the that you can't reproduce this at this time next year you know what I mean, one, yeah. regardless of how many other components are still there. How many times have we seen a team that, oh, man, they are bringing everybody back, they should win the championship, and then they don't. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just that moment. The universe lines up at this moment in time for you guys to have this kind of success, and there's nothing to guarantee that you'll do it next year. Yeah. These, these, these these seniors that are losing this eligibility could easily come back next year and their teams tank. You know what I mean? They can easily come back next year and get injured and have an injury that they quote unquote wouldn't have had if they'd have just went on with life. We don't know. And so to argue eligibility, I think is coming from a selfish standpoint, even if they say it's for the kids, the people arguing it, the coaches, the administrator selfishly, they've got something vested in it. It's the players they want, they, they want time. They're they're gonna to have to move on with life and, and just accept that something unpredictable forced an end to our books are gonna have a start I, yeah, everyone, yeah. not just yours, everyone. Everyone.
0: Yeah. everyone. Well so the one thing that makes me say no to it and, and, and I, I, I just had a quick look up okay. it's like South Carolina has uh Two seniors, so they, they would have had two seniors affected. okay. But the okay. one thing that makes me agree with you on this is is this reality check. It it happens. This is life, and and and, and, and it exactly. sucks, young people. But this is life. It doesn't always go the way you think it ought to go. And and let me say this: I we've never seen this, obviously. So there, so this is unprecedented. And I understand the sentiment of saying, well, you know, we wanna we wanna give these kids an opportunity, but the truth of the matter is, in order, like you said, in order to give these kids an opportunity, these incoming freshmen that are coming in, unless you're gonna change all the rules for one year and now the rosters go from fifteen on a bench to seventeen on a bench or eighteen or whatever it is, right? Man, somebody's gonna right. lose out. So You know, I get it. I understand the depth of what you were trying to accomplish from an emotional perspective. But the truth of the matter is, this is the circumstance that we're in. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But it's our reality. And we got to deal with it. Yes. And and, and I'm going to say this, too, because a lot of people had argument toward this. And they were saying, well, why cancel? Why not postpone? Well, here's my argument to you: why you don't postpone. If you've been <laughs> saying all along, these are student athletes, athletes. They mm-hmm. have to play this game in the context of what a semester looks like. They shouldn't have to stay at school or stay till July or whatever the case may be to finish this tournament out. So it's we're either student well, based, athletes or we're professional based, athletes.
1: Baseball kind of runs athlete after athletes. season, yeah.
0: So, that, so that's so. What I'm here's,
1: my, here, here's my thing. I, I, I kind of agree with you on the whole, why don't we postpone? And my issue is that, with the exception of maybe baseball stadiums on college campuses, most venues are multi-use venues, especially yes. basketball arenas. Yes. So there are other things that are already on the ticket for particular weekends. Conferences, conventions, the circus. Pro games, concerts, monster trucks, wrestling, WWE. You know what I'm saying? Like to reschedule and re-coordinate those things could be. Um, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But just logistically, also if you logistical have to nightmare. plan for that, Absolutely. it's a logistical nightmare. And so again, at some point, you just have to say, "We got to We got to take a wash." But I equate right. what I equate with these kids. The season being suspended, right, for a senior, you you have now had something taken away from you that you can never get back. But you know what that is to an adult? Being laid off, losing a job unexpectedly. You know what I mean? Getting a sickness that you can't control. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are things I'm like, I can say that because I've been let go three times unexpectedly, and it all hurts. And they were all from companies that I enjoyed working for. Didn't see it coming, but I can't do anything. I just got to pick up and move on. And unfortunately, it's again, this is a teaching moment for the seniors. Like, I'm sorry, this life, unexpected things happen, And we now have to move forward. We have to be men, we have to be women. We have set what we've enjoyed and take the grapes from it and just move on, you know? Yeah. Again, I think like you, in the confines of being a student athlete, if coaches are in it to be mentors and prepare kids to be uh, positive men and women in their communities, this is a teaching opportunity. This is a teaching it's a teaching moment. Opportunity. Yeah.
0: So, as we end as we end the, the uh, this season, the Florida State Seminoles will uh, leave <laughs> as your national championship. Has any other?
1: Has any, other has any other conference <laughs> done that? Conference uh, bestowed the title on the team yet? I have I just not seen that, up, so not the entire title. Okay. The ACC
0: is the only one okay. that I've seen that it bestowed the entire title. And then even the Florida uh, Senate, uh, State Senate said uh, that the Florida State Seminoles are now the national champions. So I guess they really enjoy Florida State season this season. Uh, oh, listen, oh. I understand it all. I get it. I, I'm, I'm as sad as anyone. March Madness is one of my favorite times of the year. And, and I get the frustration that we're all feeling. Uh, hopefully yeah. uh, we can get to the other side of this and, and get meaningful sports back. Uh, but we're going to come back later on in a, in a few days, and we're going to talk about the NFL draft because uh, with the uh, CBA going forward, uh, as voted in today, we can now start talking NFL draft. So we're going we're gonna to have some really fun shows, and then we'll, we'll do some other fun things uh and interview some fun guests over the next uh few weeks so we won't make it all coronavirus all the time but at the same time
1: we're gonna we're gonna stay positive through all of this.
0: Say that again say that again
1: I said we're gonna stay positive and upbeat through all of this.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. This but we had to come on and do this particular show. This was just par for the course uh we hate, the, like I said, we hate the circumstances that we're in, but this is one of those things that it was unavoidable in conversation. And uh, and so, you know, we just had to go ahead and have this conversation. But I appreciate right, you, Danny, right. for, uh, for joining Not me a today problem, brother. and sharing your expertise. Um, listen, for those of you listening to this show, uh, we, we'll close with this thought. We'll close with these thoughts. We're in our new normal now. And, uh, I don't know where we're going from here. I can't tell you uh, how long this is going to last. Uh, I I'd hope to be able to start introducing people to not just the NCAA tournament, but the uh, baseball that's coming up. We have some phenomenal baseball teams in the ACC. Uh, many of them are look like they are in position to win a College World Series this year. So we, we've got a lot to talk about, but for now – We're going to just get through this, and we're going to work together. Uh, We're going to lean on each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to listen to those who are leading us, especially in the health field, when they tell us to stay home if you don't have to go out and and contribute to the dangers of this. We're going to do what they asked us to do, and then we're going to get to the other side. And uh, that's who we are. That's who we've always been. And uh, I think I think this won't last forever, as as the old saying in the church says, "Trouble don't last always." So, uh, thank you for listening in. You can listen to the ACC with Lloyd Spence and Danny Coble, and uh, we will catch up with you here in a few days. God bless. you.
1: Thank you for going inside the ACC with my husband Lloyd Spence on the Believe Podcast Network. You can listen to more of the ACC with Lloyd Spence wherever podcasts are found. Thank you for listening to Believe.